0: value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode four of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henninger and I'm your host. Today we will be doing a book review. Today's book is The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klayson. This is a classic personal finance book written many years ago, but it still has plenty of lessons for us to learn from today. This book is a series of parables following the story of Arkad, the richest man in Babylon. Arkad began as a simple laborer, but worked his way into becoming the richest man in the city. His story is a story of inspiration. Over the course of this podcast episode, you'll learn the lessons he learned on his path to building wealth. If you'd like to purchase this book, *The Richest Man in Babylon*, I would appreciate it if you use my affiliate link at diyinvesting.org/babylon. That's diyinvesting.org/babylon. Alternatively, you can click the link available in the show notes on your device. If you purchase through my link, I will receive a small commission, which helps to support the show. Thank you for your support. It is one of eleven chapters, so essentially eleven parables. As we begin, though. We begin in the foreword where our author gives us an understanding of how he is looking at the book that he wants to provide for you. I'll begin by reading from his words, Our prosperity as a nation depends upon the personal financial prosperity of each of us as individuals. This book deals with the personal successes of each of us. Success means accomplishments as the result of our own efforts and abilities. Proper preparation is the key to our success. Our acts can be no wiser than our thoughts. Our thinking can be no wiser than our understanding. This book of cures for lean purses has been termed a guide to financial understanding. That indeed is its purpose, to offer those who are ambitious for financial success an insight which will aid them to acquire money, to keep money, and to make their surpluses earn more money. End quote. So as we see here, the author is providing a baseline of what to expect in this book. And I believe it's a point that we're worth beginning on because he touches specifically on what he's trying to do. As we look, he wants to help us learn how to acquire more money, keep our money, and then use it to better our lives. Those are three valuable things that I teach throughout the blog, and I think it's important then that as we go forward and look to his principles that he's going to teach, that that's the purpose behind them. So if you want to earn more money, keep your money, and build wealth, this is the book for you. There are two big parts of this story, this book, that are going to be valuable for us to discuss. The first part is what he terms the seven cures for a lean purse which I have changed to be the seven principles for building wealth. And the second are the five laws of gold, which I've called the five laws of personal finance. We're going to begin with the seven principles to building wealth. In the words of the author, they are, start thy purse to fattening, control thy expenditures, make thy gold multiply, guard thy treasures from loss, make of thy dwelling a profitable investment, ensure a future income, and increase thy ability to earn. So the first thing you probably noticed is I'm using a lot of the word thy. So throughout this book, the author uses words from older parts of English to really send back this idea of being in an ancient city. And so as if that's going to turn you off, this isn't really the book for you. But I encourage you to stick through that because there are a lot of good lessons in the book that can really help you in your financial future. So first, let me translate these terms to be a little bit more understanding for our terms today. So principle number one, start thy purse to fattening. This is simply save money. So the first step to building wealth in the terms of the author is start saving money. His second principle is control thy expenditures. So in this case, you want to control and reduce your expenses. If you're not saving money and you're not controlling and reducing expenses, you're never going to be able to build wealth. Number 3 is make thy gold to multiply. I've translated this into invest your money wisely. So today we don't talk about multiplying gold, we talk about investments. So when you're doing your investments, it's important not just to invest your money, but to invest it wisely. Number 4, guard thy treasures from loss. This is really about managing risk. So it can do have to do with you know when you're making your investments or when you're saving your money, do so in an intelligent manner. You know, don't put all your money under a mattress because it's going to be lost to inflation. And when you're doing your investments, make sure you know what you're doing when you're making those investments. That's one of the key points of DIY investing is that we want to teach you to make proper and safe investments. Number five, make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. So the translation here is make your home a profitable investment. And so I want to touch a point on this for a second because it's the only one I disagree with. All the others, I definitely support and agree on. I'll get back on that a little bit more later. Number six, ensure a future income. In this case, he's really referring to to insurance. So nowadays, you have the possibility of purchasing life, health, and disability insurance. And these are something that he doesn't detail in too much specifics, but he's really what he's diving into. You know, when you get older, if something bad happens, if an accident happens, make sure there's a future income for you and your family to be able to be well provided for. Number seven, increase thy ability to earn. So this is just saying that increase your earning capability. You know, if you're saving money and you're controlling your expenses, the best way to really accelerate your wealth is to start earning even more money. So if you're earning $50,000 and you're spending $45,000 so that you can save $5,000, if you can just increase your income by 10%, you can get your income up to $55,000. Now, if you maintain your expenses at the same $45,000, you can have now doubled the amount of money you're saving from $5,000 to $10,000. So a 10% increase in your income leads to a 100% increase in your savings capability. So that's really what we're talking about is that, you know, if you're doing all the other items, you can grow your wealth by just earning more money. So again, these are all really great lessons. And I really just want to touch now on you know, the one exception. So you want to make your home a profitable investment. The reason I don't like this is because I follow the general path that a definition of investing is that you can put money and time in in advance. And then you get money or time in out at the end of it. So by putting in some money up front or putting in time and working hard, you're going to grow the amount of money or time you have in the future. A house doesn't meet this definition because your personal residence ends up being a liability. That's not to say that you can't earn a profit by owning a home or that you won't be build wealth by doing so. Many people, in fact millions of people, have bought a house and used it to build wealth. But it's not an investment. Your house is a liability. Investments provide you with regular income. Your house, on the other hand, is often a money and a time sink. On Saturday, if you're out mowing the lawn or you're painting the walls or you're repairing appliances, you're sinking money and time into maintaining or upgrading your house. But you're doing that simply as a means of living there. You know, you're not be selling your house for more money because you mowed the lawn every Saturday for 15 years. That time's just lost. You're selling your house based upon what the house is and what the local market is and what are the market conditions at the time. So it's really important to To hit on this point. I'm not saying that you don't buy a house, because it's great to buy a house. And, you know, if you look at the the statistics, most wealthy people own houses. But the problem is, is when you determine that owning a house is actually an investment, and it's not. So the next major point that this book touches upon is what are called the five laws of gold. So I translated this to the five laws of personal finance, because Most people out there aren't walking around with a bag of gold like the characters in this book. If you are, you probably do have quite a bit of money with gold costing well over $1,000 an ounce at the current period of time. So I just want to quote for you the five laws of gold first from the author's book directly, which you can find on page 63 of the book. And then I'll go through and walk back through how to sum them up and how to really capture them and apply them in your own life. So quote, number one, gold cometh gladly an increasing quantity to any man who will put by not less than one tenth of his earnings to create an estate for his future and that of his family. Number two, gold laboreth diligently and contentedly for the wise owner who finds for it profitable employment, multiplying even as the flocks of the field. Number three, Gold clingeth to the protection of the cautious owner who invests it under the advice of men wise in its handling. Number four. Gold slippeth away from the man who invests it in businesses or purposes with which he is not familiar or with which he are not perproved by those skilled in its keep. Number five gold flees the man who had forced it to impossible earnings or who followest the alluring advice of tricksters and schemers or who trust it to his own inexperience and romantic desires and investment. End quote. So again, lots of the flowery language from the old English type speaking. And, you know, part of it is because it was written a while ago, but again, we're following that theme that this is written um for ancient Babylon and we're trying to, you know, address that in this parable style, which you've seen a lot in the Bible. And so as a parable, he's trying to mimic that. The important part, though, are his his five lessons, which are really good. So if you want to be successful in personal finance, his five things are going to help you do that. So number one, save at least 10% of your income. Number two, invest it wisely. Number three, safety of principle is important. Number four, invest in what you know. And number five, get rich quick schemes or scams. So let's dive a little bit more into these because they're very key lessons for you if you want to be a successful person with your personal finances. So his number one is save at least 10% of your income. So as he walks through this in the parables, there's going to be multiple people who are struggling with debt or struggling to get ahead in life. They don't know why they don't have any money. They've been working for 10, 15, 20 years, and yet they aren't rich. And so what do they do? And it turns out that you know, if you're spending all your money, doesn't matter how much money you make, at the end of the year you're you're not going to have anything left over. So the way to build wealth, you know, the first step to building wealth is to save at least 10 of your income, 10% of your income. So as we think about this, you want to think that okay, this is your minimum starting point. I think this is one of the things that um, the book could really improve on, but it's focused as a basic personal finance lesson. So that means that this is really an introduction for those who don't know how to save money. They don't know what they're doing with personal finances. So as a first starting baseline, you need to be saving at least 10% of your income. If you read the blog and you, you're you on DIYinvesting.org, you'll see that my personal recommendation is that you should be saving at least 20% of your income just for retirement or debt reduction, that's my standing um, that's my standing proposal in part because as a recommendation, you need to understand the math that will take place for working towards retirement if you're saving ten percent of your income, you're going to be working at least fifty years in order to be ready and prepared for retirement. And that's assuming you're not starting behind the eight ball. You don't have debt you're trying to pay off. So saving at least 10% of your income, while important, is just a first step. So if you want to take it as a first step, do that. But my personal recommendation, in contrary to the book, is that you want to save at least 20% of your income. Number two, invest it wisely. So there's not much point in saving your income if you lose it all. And so you need to invest it wisely. And he touches on a few points in the book that are very important. You know, one is use your circle of competence. And so as we're talking about investing it wisely, you need to make sure that you know what you're doing, that you aren't just investing it in the greatest thing you hear. You know, as you get that money, you don't, you know, as your friends come to you and say, hey, you know, what are you doing with this? I have this great idea for a business. Know what you're, you know, don't just throw your money at the first thing that shows up. You know, take a moment, learn how to invest and learn to be successful with your investing. You know, whether that means that you start with investing in an index fund, you invest with mutual funds, you invest with your 401k at work, you know, start in something that is wise and generally recommended. Then you can go into the little bit more advanced topics that I like to focus on in DIYinvesting.com to really teach you to purchase and study and buy individual stocks. But the first key is that you need to understand what you're doing um, when you're investing it so that it can be invested wisely. Number three is safety of principle is important. And this is the, you know, kind. it all builds upon each other. So, you know, one of the, it's a key really to investing your money wisely is that a wise investment takes first into account the return of principal. And for this case, principal, for those who aren't aware, is just means you're starting investment money. So if you have $1,000 and you invest it and you get um, interest paid back to you, you know, of $50 twice a year, well, the interest is the $50 and the principal is the 1000 So it's not worth getting paid interest of $50 a year or every twice a year And then at the end of the day, you only get back $500 when you try to sell your investment, and you've lost the other $500 um, on the principal. So when you're seeking interest, when you're seeking dividends, when you're seeking earnings, your first thing is make sure that whatever you're investing, whatever that baseline principle is, is safe. Because there's no need to invest in something that you pay a thousand dollars for, you earn maybe you know thirty or fifty dollars, it goes up to ten thirty ten fifty, you know maybe up to eleven $1, hundred or twelve hundred. But if at the end of the day it goes down to seven hundred dollars or down to five hundred dollars, you've lost money. It doesn't matter how much it earned in the meantime. You need to protect your principal first. Great advice from the author, and it's really useful to in his book where he goes into examples of how this works and how people have lost money. Number four is invest in what you know. So I kind of you know, came a little bit in advance and touched on this topic when I was talking about number two, invest it wisely. But invest in what you know is this concept of circle of competence. So when you first get started investing, you're not gonna know anything. You're not gonna know how to study a form 10K, evaluate a company's financial balance sheet, and you're not gonna be ready to purchase your first individual stock. So you should only invest at the very beginning with what you know. And so that's going to be, you know, that could be any sort of thing of wherever you're good at. So, you know, if you don't know anything about investing, you know, then index funds are probably the best place to start. They're not my recommendation for everyone and they're not my recommendation for where you want to necessarily be long-term. But starting and buying, you know, a standard Vanguard index fund with, You know, a fee uh, expense ratio of less than 0.1%, that's going to be a great idea. You know, there's nothing wrong with starting there. There's nothing wrong with staying there if that's only what you ever know. The key is you want to invest in what you know. So that applies as well once you decide to start moving into buying on individual stocks. So when you buy an individual stock, you know, if you work in the oil industry, then starting first with studying oil companies might make sense because you're going to understand the intricate details of that industry that someone who's a doctor might not understand. But the doctor is going to understand pharmaceuticals and medical device companies a lot better than you. It's not to say that you can't learn about pharmaceutical companies as as someone who works in the oil industry, but it means that your circle of competence is going to start much smaller and you should start by studying the companies that you can easily relate to. You know, another place that most people can easily relate to are companies that produce consumer goods. So these are, you know, your Coca Cola, Pepsi, um, Unilever. Unilever is a major food company. Nestle. So these companies that you know and that you can understand because you consume those goods, that's also an area that you're going to understand the basic business model and can be a good starting point. Coca-Cola is by far one of the best companies in the world. And so using that as a baseline to learn from is also a good place to start that I recommend. Number five, get rich quick schemes are scams. This one's really simple. Uh, It's quite often that when someone comes into a lot of money quickly and they haven't slowly developed their money and slowly developed their income and built it up, that they're going to get a lot of people offering them with the best new idea of how they can invest their money. So your common instances of this are someone winning the lottery or someone that is just signed their new NFL contract or NBA contract and they got a signing bonus of five, ten million dollars or your lotto winner has a lottery win of $100 million. All of a sudden, out of the woodwork, they're going to get flooded with messages on, oh, man, you should invest in my new startup company. We're creating a new widget that's going to send people to the moon for $1 a piece. You should buy in and you'll be successful. We're going to make your million dollars into $10 million or $100 million in three years or less. Well, it's not that something like this couldn't work, that they're Aren't good ideas out there. But just because they show up doesn't mean they're a good idea. Just because you hear about it doesn't mean it's a good idea. So anything that's promising for you to get rich quickly, or for you to grow your wealth quickly, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. So just take into account, you know, someone promising that you're going to get rich, investing your money in stocks or investing your money in options. There's usually a caveat. So like, when you're getting rich with investing in stocks, you're not getting rich quickly. You tend to get rich slowly. You know, if you're earning 10% a year, which would be a pretty good return, then, you know, if you have $1,000, you know, after 1 year you'll have $1,100. After 2 years you're going to have just over $1,200. That's not getting rich quickly. You know, getting rich quickly would be like someone's like, "Hey, I can take your $1,000 and turn it into $5,000 in the next 6 months." It's not that there aren't cases where that can work. But it's that if they are, the people that know about them, they're not going to tell you. They're going to use their own money and get rich off them because it's such a good idea. Why would they bring in other people? So just remember that when you start hearing these things and you're trying to get rich. You know, you need to. it all goes back to the same thing. You know, you're trying to invest your money wisely. You're trying to make sure you don't lose your principal, and you want to invest in what you know. And get rich quick schemes are definitely something that aren't what you know. Okay, so those are the two main areas that the book focuses on, but I wanted to touch on a few other key lessons from the book as we move forward that were um, less in-depth, but also still very important. So the first one is, it's important to take personal responsibility for your wealth building. The author touches on a very key point here, because many times people that don't have wealth, that aren't rich, will blame other people for that result. And it's not that there aren't circumstances in life that makes it more difficult for you to build wealth, and it's not that there aren't times where bad luck happens to come your way, you have a medical emergency, and you have to declare medical bankruptcy. These things happen. But outside of very limited cases, you know there are steps you can take to become wealthy. And so that's what these blueprints are that the author is setting forth. If you follow these laws of gold, if you follow these laws of wealth building, you will build wealth. You know, if you're saving money every month and you're investing it wisely and you're protecting yourself against rents risk with insurance, it's inevitable that you're going to build wealth. That's what he's talking about. So most of the time, people who aren't building wealth either don't know how or they know how and they're not doing the actions that they need to do. So what I, if I want you to take away anything from this is that by reading this book and by listening to this podcast, you can learn the blue step, the blueprint Sorry, for how to build wealth. All you got to do is follow it. So the next point that he touches on is that building wealth is not a matter of luck or gambling. And that he, specifically luck is simply another word for opportunity. So opportunities come along every day for people. Most of the time, though, we just don't take them. So when people tell others that they're lucky, A lot of times this is related to someone who had an opportunity and then they did the work that they needed to do in order to make that opportunity into success. So opportunity doesn't just come along and say, hey, here's a million dollars. All you got to do is click here. What it says is like, hey, here's an idea where you can build wealth. Here's an opportunity for building success and now you can take the steps to do it but it's going to take hard work. And that really leads into the next point that he touches on is that those who work hard will and work diligently over time attract luck to them. So luck, the harder you work, the luckier you are. So the harder you're working and the more preparation you're doing, the more you're going to attract luck to yourself. Finally, he touches on No matter where you start in life, no matter how poor or disadvantaged you are, you can still end up wealthy. All you have to do is follow the laws of personal finance and wealth. So he's essentially saying, by this book and by all the examples that he touches on, that it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in debt. If you have $100,000, $200,000 in debt, it doesn't matter if you're making $30,000 a year, $15,000 a year, you're on minimum wage. It doesn't matter. What matters is that once you know the laws for wealth, if you follow them, you will eventually become wealthy. And that's the key. This can apply for anyone no matter where they are in life. Now, granted, it's going to be easier for those who make more money. It's going to be easier for those who have less a need for spending a lot of money. But the principles apply universally. So if you save money, if you control your expenses, if you invest it wisely, you manage your risk, and then, you know, you work on insuring yourself from disaster, having the insurance in place, and then you increase your ability to earn, you know, even if you start from a low amount, you're going to build wealth. And so at the end of the day, George S. Kleissen has laid out a blueprint for how to become wealthy. He argues that you simply need to follow his steps and you'll build wealth. And this is what I want you to really listen to. You know, I've laid out the steps that he's talked about in the book. And if you want to learn more about these steps, you can go to DIYinvesting.org slash episode four, where I've laid out the show notes and talk about where you can get this book and where you can move forward with having it. In addition, I'll write down the notes from this podcast in there. And so if you want to build wealth, you just have to follow his steps. You just have to go through step by step what you need to do. And the other key is the laws of wealth are timeless. So this book is based in ancient Babylon, but the laws still apply today. So they apply in the same way in the 21st century as they did in ancient Babylon. Okay, so let's review some of the stuff that I think the author did well in this book. You know, First of all, parables are great at allowing the reader to relate to those trying to build wealth. This is why I think it's great that you should still consider reading the book, even though you've heard some of the main highlights here, because the parables are going to describe individual situations of those trying to build wealth, what they're struggling with and how these steps help them succeed. So he highlights those who went from bad circumstances all the way to being wealthy. And I think this fits a vast majority of people, very few people nowadays that are trying to build wealth are already wealthy. If they are, this isn't what they're listening to. So, he lays out a simple blueprint that anyone can follow, and I think this is the best value that you can get out of his book. His steps are simple and replicable by anyone, but most importantly, they work. It would be completely irrelevant if they didn't work. So what does the author do poorly? George Cleison focuses almost exclusively on general principles. This is not a book for detailed specific strategies. He basically prescribes some guidelines, and if you stay within those guidelines, you'll be successful. You're not going to find advice about tax planning, 401ks, or what stocks to buy while investing. That's not the type of book this is. This is a basic personal finance book. Second, his language is purposefully dated. This can make it a little bit harder to read, especially for those um, who aren't used to reading books like this. And so just take that with a grain of salt if you were to dive into this. Now, granted, I think that it's still good to read this book because what it's done is he just dilutes these complex topics into these simple guidelines, and that's really helpful for readers. It's really helpful to see how, oh, man, what does it mean to save money when I'm really far in debt, and what does it mean for – How do I do this? And so he takes those and he applies it to specific situations and he shows you opportunities and he shows you weaknesses and he puts it all together really nice. And he does it over and over again in these parables. So my final review. Um, This is a very good book for teaching basic personal finance lessons. The blueprint for wealth that he describes is quite useful. I would highly recommend this book to anyone seeking a better understanding of personal finance and the key lessons around building wealth. If you want to read the book, just go to diyinvesting.org episode four. And again, that's episode four, the number four. So I give the book four stars out of five. This is because I highly recommend it, but I don't consider it a must buy for everyone. So let me break down my rating system for those who are new to it. Five stars is a must-buy book for anyone interested in the broad subject. In this case, personal finance is our broad subject. Four stars is highly recommended for those interested in the specific subject. In this case, our specific subject is basic personal finance. So these aren't your advanced topics. These aren't your intermediate topics. But if you're interested in the basic personal finance, this is the book for you. Three stars is my recommended reading. I believe it's a good book, but should only be read after reading the four- and five-star books on the subject. Two stars I don't recommend. The book has some useful points, but they're easily summed up and not worth buying for the details. And one star I don't recommend. The book did not have valuable content for a reader. It's a waste of money. So again, thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. If you liked this content and found it valuable, please consider taking less than 30 seconds of your time and rating the podcast in iTunes, along with a one to two second review. You don't need any more than that. That will help the podcast be found by other listeners and help me build my audience. If you'd like to find the show notes, you can find them on my website at diyinvesting.org slash episode four. Again, that's diyinvesting.org slash episode four. Thank you and have a good day. If you'd like to purchase this book, The Richest Man in Babylon, I would appreciate it if you use my affiliate link at diyinvesting.org slash babylon. That's diyinvesting.org slash babylon. Alternatively, you can click the link available in the show notes on your device. If you purchase through my link, I will receive a small commission which helps to support the show. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only.